to Hollywood. I'm very excited to have Jesse Nelson on the show. Now, Jesse uh, is the co-owner of uh, Diabolic DVD and Cauldron Films. I am a big uh, I am a big fan of Diabolic DVD because it's it's hard out there sometimes being a uh, DVD and Blu-ray collector, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of like normal stuff and then there's stuff that's hard to find. And when I needed to find the mechanic on Blu-ray, literally the only place I could find it was uh, Jesse's store. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about being a uh, a physical media retailer in an age when everybody seems to be shifting to streaming, right? Like it, it we we do live in a in a time of change, and yet I think there is a hardcore of collector out there who is looking for something uh, a little more tangible, but also just a little more off the beaten path. I mean, like you you have stuff in your store that you're just not going to find on streaming. It's certainly through you know most of the legal avenues of getting movies via streaming, anyway. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think that is the thing that we've always tried to do with the business is to, you know, give people a reason to buy something rather than just watch it on, you know, these days there's there's a hundred different channels you could stream things on. And it seems like there's a new thing every day. So, you know, we've always scoured the globe trying to look for things all over the place that you're just not going to find on Netflix. Now, that's not to say that, you know, we we obviously carry you know, The Irishman, for example. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. But, you know, I think the I think the average person that's going to buy a physical media is not only looking for, you know, the the things off the beaten path, but also the way things are presented. And I, I think that's a por- an important part of it as well is, you know, the the package that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that, because I know there is uh, I, this is this is not always a big concern to me, but I know there are folks out there who are like, I need the slipcover version of this thing. Like how. So talk a little bit about, you know, limited edition packaging in addition to like everything else that goes into making a. Uh, and selling a, a Blu-ray and a DVD. Yeah, so the, the first time that I ever noticed a slipcover, this was many years ago, the, it was... Alien 2 was the release. And someone complained that they hadn't gotten a slipcover. And I realized that it was something that I didn't even know people collected, but I had thrown it out because it had been damaged, so I just sent the person the Blu-ray itself. And that was the first time I realized that, oh, I made a mistake here. People collect these things. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and so let's let's just talk a little bit about your uh, the the history of Diabolic and like uh, your how I mean you say you've been doing this for twenty years. I'm curious how, what was the business like twenty years ago um, and compared to now. I mean, were you uh, twenty years ago? Were you uh, working with VHS as well as DVD? I mean, was this this is you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to remember. It's, we, it's so long we ago. We were really early you know. on DVD, but. The way that Diabolic got started was um, 
We run these shows in the Philadelphia area under the name Exhumed Films, where we partner with a the movie theater and um, bring in 35 millimeter movies and and show films. We you know, it started out as double features. Sometimes we did triple features, and um, you know, pretty much in the last incarnation of it, we were doing four and five movies. We were doing 24 hour fests and um, we would always bring things to sell. So I would scour local flea markets and video stores and bring VHS tapes. And as things kind of thinned out in the VHS era, uh, we were looking for the next thing to sell to bring to the shows. So we started looking for DVDs in specifically Hong Kong. That's where we started at. We, we realized that there were all these great movies available on DVD in Hong Kong that weren't available here. And not just DVD, but, but VCD, if you remember that format. So we started sure, importing sure, those. Sure. And the initial thought was, we'll bring these to the shows, we'll make a few bucks, and we'll make enough to pay for our own habit. So we were going to use our own stash, so to speak. And we ended up setting up... Now, this was so early on in PayPal as well that you'd, there was no such thing as a PayPal click here button. It was literally the kind of thing where we would set up a page and upload it to the internet... And then people would email us and we'd say, okay, it's this much money. And we would send them an invoice through PayPal. So it was, it was the most basic version of a website, you know, and, and also at that time there was nothing mm. like Squarespace or WooCommerce or Shopify. Anybody that was going to build you a website wanted $20,000 to build you a website. It was, there was no out of the box software sure. to start a store yeah uh i mean it's crazy it's crazy to think about just how how you know how far along everything has come in that space so when you're when you're getting these dvds from hong kong are these region free discs are they are they locked i mean i like this is always a thing that trips people up and i know we, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second um but uh but i I'm, I'm just curious like back in the day was this kind of the wild west of you know uh of of questionable legality shall we say these these the hong early kong hong kong discs, discs. Were, were for the most part on the up and up uh they were mostly region free there was a few things that were um Hong Kong is region three. And specifically, I remember we got mm -hmm. in um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a region three disc when we got that in. It had just come out in theaters here, was already on DVD in Hong Kong. Um, now, as things went along, you know, we started hearing from other people, hey, were you interested in carrying these products? And then we come to find out you know, maybe those weren't those weren't as legit as we had been dealing with. So it, it became a struggle to try to figure out, you know, what people are selling us. Is this a real thing or is this a made up thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it 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 certainly 
you know, a problem everywhere in the business. But I, in the world of DVDs, you know, it, 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 it can be doubly so. And I and I this is one of the things I really love about your site is that there are labels I've never heard of even yeah, uh, you know, like yeah. Scorpion again, that, that uh, mechanic disc. Um, like I, I uh, just, just labels I am not aware of. And this is, I think a thing people don't really understand because they just go to, you know, you go to Best Buy or you go to Amazon or whatever. And you're like, I want tenant on 4k. Okay, fine. That's, that's easy enough. But the, there, there really is a, a, a burgeoning or I mean, really mature uh, specialty label, um, market. Can can you talk a little bit about working with these folks and like how you decide what to carry and how much of what to carry? I mean, it's 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 kind of a it's a you tricky know, it, logistics it question as much as we, anything else. You know, we're a pretty small business, so we have limited space. So I have to decide what I am going to carry and what I'm not going to carry. And you know, the the boutique labels these days are terrific. I I really think that we live in such a great age of home video because there's just so much to choose from and, and things from all over the world. And there seems to be new labels popping up all the time, but you know, labels like Scream Factory and Vinegar Syndrome and Severin and Mondo Macabro, they're terrific. I mean, everything that they're doing, I'm, I'm interested in, I'm gonna carry it. It's almost a no brainer for me. Um, but then, you know, you, mm -hmm. you know, where it gets tricky for us at, at Diabolic is, you know, say Criterion, what, what Criterion puts out, what am I going to carry? I mean, I, we carry the Irishman, but it doesn't really fit into the kind of things that we normally sell. But in the case of the Irishman, it's a region free disc, so it's playable worldwide. And we do cater to a European market here. And that's something they're looking for. So, you know, I, I have to carry something like that. But some other things they put out, eh, you know, it's hit or miss for us, whether it sells. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned Vinegar Syndrome. And uh, one of the things I like about Vinegar Syndrome is that they're putting out these really great looking 4K sets. I mean, uh, it, it is uh, just really there. The, the transfers are great. Uh, the 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 movies are, of course, interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, A, uh, you know, from your perspective as a as a uh, as a salesman, um, how, how do those discs do compared to like standard Blu-rays or DVDs? Um, and B also like, what are, what are, what are the boutique, the specialty labels doing, um, in this kind of new space of 4k? You know, I, the 4k is, I think all pretty new to the boutique labels. Um, you know, Criterion hasn't even entered it yet. And Scream Factory has... They've done a couple of Japanese animated movies, which is not something that we really carry. Um, and then a couple of John Carpenter movies, which have done really well. Um, but Severin, Mondo Macabro, well, oh, I, sh I should step back. Severin has just released a couple of really good 4Ks, uh, a couple of Spanish movies, Day of the Beast and um, Perdita Durango. And uh, Santa Sangra comes out in a couple of weeks, uh, which is a really terrific movie. And uh, Vinegar Syndrome has, you know, done a really good job. I, I, I guess they were the first of the boutique labels to really step up there, at, which was, I thought was a really odd choice, which was Tammy and the T-Rex. 
<laughs> that was the first thing that they did on 4K. And then uh, they really opened the floodgates with Rad, um, which yeah. they did as a limited edition 4K and sold that thing right out. It was crazy. In fact, we people didn't... were excited. People were super excited for Rad. I remember seeing people talking talking about it, you know, all over the place. It was nuts. We didn't even we didn't even get it for sale. They sold out of them so quickly. I had to. I literally had to buy a copy from their website to get one. Hmm. Um, so, you know, now it seems that they're doing that pretty regularly. They did um, Deadly Games, which is a which is a really fun killer Santa Claus movie. And yeah. uh, most recently, Beastmaster, which which is kind of a more, you know, kind of an you know an ace sword and sorcery title from the '80s, and that was a pretty desired title when they when they brought that out. Yeah, yeah, I I, I remember seeing Beastmaster. I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird one for Vinegar Syndrome to be doing. Like that almost feels like a basic cable classic from my childhood. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. but you know. Vinegar Syndrome has, you know, if you remember, they, they really started out as a label that was doing almost all um, pornography. And then as they kind of evolved, they really found their footing with these kind of specialty horror movies. And, uh, you know, they have a new box set of homebrew own horrors. Um and that that regional horror is something that they really tapped into as well with their with their fan base. Yeah. What do you uh, if you if you wanted to? This is going to be a slightly weird question. I might be putting you on the spot, but if you wanted to describe each of the boutique labels with like one or two words, how would you do it? So like, what would you like? How would you describe Vinegar Syndrome versus Arrow versus you know Shout slash Scream? uh in 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 what they are putting out and how how the audiences should should kind of look at what they're doing well i i think that that scream and arrow you know in a lot of ways they feel like the most similar to me because you know while arrow does some some more obscure things and some niche things that they're bringing out, you know, they, they had done a lot of Italian horror and they're still doing, um, you know, recently, um, bringing Dario Argento films to, to 4k, but then they do things like weird science and 16 candles. And, um, in the UK, they're doing true romance, which they announced last week, which, yeah, I saw that, which huh? was a huge home run for us right away. True romance. So, you know, that's moving a little more into the mainstream, whereas all the other boutique labels, you know, criterion aside, you know, focus kind of more on more odd titles. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of European things so Severin and Mondo Macabre and Vinegar Syndrome are all looking at, uh, you know, things from Europe and Spain, as, as well as some really oddball American titles, but, you know, I, I think that there's a real good mix in there of things. Uh, but I would be really shocked if, you know, Severin had joked that they were putting out the Kurt Russell movie Overboard. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a joke or not. Yeah. Are, are they really doing that? I don't know. 
But yeah. I, I would be really, it would be a really odd move. Sure. I mean, I could see it. Uh, it's, it is always, again, this is like the, the discussion about Beastmaster. I, I, I remember th- seeing that and thinking that is, that's strange. That's a, that's a strange choice, but I, I'm sure it, it, uh, is one that works out for them. Let me, let, let me, let's talk a little bit about regions. Cause I, we, I had mentioned this uh, a little earlier in the show. Um, do you, what, do you have to educate the consumer when it comes to this sort of thing? I mean, I like I know I feel like people who are coming to Diabolic are probably a little uh, smarter than the average DVD consumer, you know, just clicking on whatever on Amazon. Um, but there's definitely it's still it's still a little bit tricky, uh, you know, trying to figure out what exactly is going to work on which player and where and and what what sort of what if if you can answer this i'm just curious what percentage of your business um is you know non-american region stuff out of region discs it's probably about a quarter you know the the things that do the best for us are the things that come from other countries that are region free which aren't they're not always easy to identify either because a lot of times labels will just say they're region B and label the packaging that way. And then you find out later that, you know, it's not, it's, it's region free. And those things, why do they do, do the that? Best. Why, why do they do that? Is it just, they just don't, uh, aren't paying enough attention or. I think it's more likely that they've licensed the product as a region B product. So they're, they're pretending it is for show to the to the people that own the actual product mm-hmm. i mean that would mm-hmm. be my guess yeah um, um but you know we we try to do our best to label things as best as possible on the website when they're not um a u.s desk yeah so, and if we know ahead of time that it's an all-region disc, you know, we'll, we'll always label it that way too, so people know. But it it does get very confusing, and and people generally don't understand uh, all the nuts and bolts of it because you have DVD that has, you know, one set of regions, but then you have Blu-ray where you know the U.S. And then Asia and Japan are included in our region, but mm. they're not on DVD. Right. They're in a different region. And then you have 4K now, which is by nature region free. Mm-hmm. But some labels have, and I, I don't know the answer to why they're doing this. Again, probably a licensing thing. They found a way to lock UHDs, even though the industry has never made that a requirement. So there's been a oh, handful of U- really? UHD discs around the world that have been locked. They they look for the region code on the player and lock it. That's I mean that's that's very weird because I I have I mean I, this is good to know too because I've been telling everybody that like 4K discs region free you know, you can, whatever you get will play on whatever player you have. But is that, that is, there are some discs that that is not the case for? There is, as far as I know, only three or four discs. But it seems to be an intentional move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that someone would have had to have programmed into the authoring of the disc to make it that way. 
Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, and that uh, that brings me to another uh, kind of interesting situation right now. So I uh, I pre-ordered the uh, Donnie Darko uh, 4K from Arrow, which has, like very famously now, they've talked about it on their social media, um, has some issues with the theatrical cut, some frame rate issues on certain players, I- including mine. Um, uh, what is that like from your perspective as the DVD salesman? Like, tell me, tell me what your inbox looks like when something like this happens. Yeah, it's, it's a lot because even though they announced it on social media, you know, it's all over the Blu-ray forums. We announced it. People have still missed all these announcements. So, you know, they think that they've legitimately just gotten a defective disc and they need another one. They don't, they don't know that it's a bigger problem. Um, or we have people that have seen the announcements and, and know this has happened, but they just want the disc, you know, kind of now. When am I yeah. going to get this? When is this going to happen? But, you know, things like this happen. And it doesn't happen on every player, which is the really weird thing. So I'm sure Arrow did you know a quality check of the disc sure and said okay this works great they watched through it everything looks fine and then went to press only to find out it doesn't play on some players yeah yeah i mean it, it it's a it's a weird thing i i was i had heard that it was only happening on some i was hoping mine would be spared but it was not uh so now i'm trying to figure out what to do myself i mean i i, I again like is if people ordered from Diabolic, uh, you know, are are they? I guess I guess it's a customer service question at this point, which you also have to deal with because you you know you're a small shop, you you you're you're answering the emails and and checking all the orders and that sort of thing. Like, how do you do? You just tell people you got to hold on, you got to wait. Arrow's going to either send you a disc or not, or uh, you know, I don't I don't really know what's going on. I'm I'm just curious, like. How you, as as a small businessman, you know, DVD, Blu-ray salesman, handle that sort of thing? It, it can be tricky. I mean, I have, I have had some really aggressive people angry about this. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think Arrow's going to handle it fine. And everyone will get a replacement disc. And, you know, although they haven't announced that yet, I'm pretty sure that's, that, that'll be what happens at the end of the day. So... Yeah. You know, I, I do. I, I I sometimes have to smooth some feathers and say, listen, it's fine. It's going to be it's going to be taken care of. It's just going to be probably a few weeks until they get, you know, they've got to identify what the problem is. And then they've got to remake the disc. And, you know, all the, and then mail them out. So all these things right. take time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that just uh, that has got to be an enormous headache for them, too. I can't imagine, you know, what the logistics on something like that look like to say nothing of you know, profit margins or whatever, oh, but yeah. like it, it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a costly, a costly thing to fix. Um, yeah. Which is a bummer for them. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I feel bad because it's, it's got to be a huge seller for them too. So you know, right out of the gate, I, I had been made aware of the problem. Maybe, you know, when did that come out last week? So yeah. I probably heard about it two weeks ago. And I had engaged Arrow, and and through the discussions, you know, one of the things when when someone complains about a weird issue like that, I always ask them for what their player make and model is. 
um, because I've been doing this long enough that I know that that could be the issue. So, you know, Arrow went out and bought one of those players mm-hmm. that I heard this first complaint from and said, oh, yeah, we could we can duplicate it here. And hopefully it's just this one player. But then as start, people started getting them, you know, it unfortunately turned out to be a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I, 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 when I, when I was looking, I was like, wait, is this happening on people using my player too? Sure enough. There, there it is. Yeah. So, uh, that sucks. I, I'm, I, here's what I'm, I'm kind of most curious about, uh, from your perspective as somebody who kind of, uh, deals not only with the, the labels, but also with customers, with, with, with the customers themselves, what is your sense of the state of, uh, the physical media, Blu-ray, DVD markets. I mean, do you do you think that it is in a healthy place? Do you think that it is it is kind of turning towards a more collector-oriented uh, as opposed to general public-oriented business? I mean, what 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 are your uh, what are your general like? What's your general sense of the industry? I think I think that the the industry right now is probably, you know, it, it, at least for my business, it's a collector's market. I, I have customers that are collectors. They they want these things. They're after these particular things. You know, even in things I'm buying, I rarely buy something like, you know, the latest Avengers movie. I just don't feel a need to own something like that. It seems to be streaming on every channel. I don't know why I would need to own something like that. I mean, it. I guess that's kind of an odd thing for me to say, but, you know, I, I have so much room in my life and I have books and records and I still buy CDs and, you know, I I, I rarely... I rarely, I rarely buy a digital anything. You know, I don't mm-hmm. buy a digital download of a movie. I don't buy something on my Kindle. I buy a book or I buy a CD. Right. And, you know, I, I look at, at these collector's markets and I see that people are still buying VHS. You know, vinyl has had a huge resurgence. Sure. Although I, I haven't really seen that people are back buying CDs that often. That seems to um, have gone by the wayside. But, you know, how long before that has a resurgence? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I as as the as an evangelist for physical media, I, I, I love to hear that. Um, I, I mean, but it is it is we are. Or maybe not. I mean, are are we a kind of dying breed, or or too niche for the the apparatus of all this to survive? I mean, it it is like actually pressing Blu-rays and DVDs, right? Is like a thing. You need like a plant. There there has to be a certain amount of capacity. Sure. Um. I I, I the thing I the thing I fear the most is that look. And again, I as somebody who you know I whatever I, I go see the Marvel movies. They're they're fine. I have to write about them a lot. You know, that that's that's the thing I, I, I that's just part of my job. I have to go see them. But like the Marvel movies also subsidize kind of the rest of the exhibition industry in a way, or at least gives it a big cushion. Um, and I I, I I I worry that, you know, if if uh, if if the, the 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 sort of things the sort of like 
big popular things, people just stop buying. That that's gonna be that's gonna be hard for the industry just in general to survive, right? Yeah, I would think so, but you know, I'm not I'm not that tuned into the um, digital side of things as far as selling product online. Um, I don't know how since the pandemic has happened and they've started in on this, you know, rent a movie for $20. Yeah. How often do you rent a movie for $20? Right. Yeah. To be fair, I, I have rented some things, you know, the family wants to watch something and I paid $20 for it. And it's fine because I would go to the movies and pay $50 to go to the movies with my family. And I was fine with that too. I, I never have a regret. Well, sometimes I have a regret going <laughs> to the movies. Um, yeah. But you know, honestly, as much as I love going to the movies, going to the movies has, has become a chore as well. You know, it, it's not so much anymore with the, you get a, you know, you, you buy a ticket for a particular seat. You can walk in as the movie's starting. Depending on when you go, they bring you food or beer, which is great. But, you know, there was a while there where getting to the movies and maybe you'd get there 45 minutes early to get to the movies and then you'd have to go in and find a seat and it's crowded and people are talking and people are using their cell phones. I find all that to be such a buzzkill. I, I really, most of the time, would rather just stay home and watch something. Yeah. Yeah, and there's certainly been a lot of that. I mean, did, did you notice uh, an uptick or a downtick in sales during the the pandemic? I mean, do you did you uh, w- was there any was there any big boom since people were at home uh, and in in some cases, you know, weirdly had more disposable income because they had nothing nowhere to go, nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, I w- I'm curious how the how sales have been over the last 15 months or so. Well, you know, whether whether it's a coincidence or not, the the boutique industry has been booming as well just the output of all of these labels i mean i think vinegar syndrome you know who who has also started doing something where they have partner labels so they've kind of encompassed these other labels into their monthly offerings so they've they've kind of become their own little distributor now i think they had 12 releases last month so mm. you know Things seem to, you know, not only are sales good, but there's so much out there to buy now. Yeah. Well, this introduces another problem for you, though, right? Because you have to keep all this stuff in your <laughs> in your in your office. I mean, when we when we started this, you were in your you know the the back the back area. I could see just like rows and rows of uh, boxes of Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. You you know, Diabolic had started out in our basements. You know, that's where we were for a long time. And as things got bigger and bigger, you know, we've expanded and expanded. And, you know, every year it seems to be, you know, what are, what are we going to do this year to expand? It's, there's so much more. And, and not only, not only more product, but product has gotten bigger too. You know, people are putting out these box sets, 
with mm-hmm. six or seven movies in them. And I, I bring in 300 copies of one of these big box sets. It takes up a lot of physical yeah. space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like to get those things out the door as quickly as possible, not only to please my customers, but to make room for the next thing that's inevitably going to come in next week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, uh, since we're going to have some of your customers listening, hopefully, just I, I, w- I want you to I just want you to plead with them for patience, because I know <laughs> I know that this is I know I know this is a this is like a big part of your just frankly work day is like getting things out the door. Yeah, I am. I'm not a one man show here, but we are a small group of people. It's our family that works here. So, you know, when when three or four things drop in the door at once, plus our normal orders, it's a lot of business. And it's it, you know, it's hard to keep up on it sometimes. And I, I talk to all the other labels who, you know, they all do their own shops as well. And, you know, we kind of all have the same thing. Everyone is so impatient <laughs> to get everything in, which I get because I'm the same way. Yeah. I want, you know, I sure. order something and I want it yesterday. And, yeah, yeah. and that is... Amazon is to blame for that, 100%. The Amazon effect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> prime, prime effect. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, on the other hand, I I also read, you know, the Facebook forums and the Blu-ray forums where people are just saying, oh, yeah, I got these discs and now they're going to sit in a pile with the rest of these discs I haven't watched yet. So <laughs> everyone's bugging me to get the next big thing, and I know they're not going to watch it. So yeah. Yeah, it's just gonna go in the pile. In the uh, pile, as someone, yeah. You have a pile, someone, right? As oh, I've got I've got a pile of Blu-rays and I got a pile of books and I got oh. a and I got a wife who is like, hey, you got these piles. I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> my my work area is just piles of movies and paperwork and CDs and hard drives. It just never ends. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, okay, I, so I, I, I've I, asked everything I wanted to ask. Um, I always like to end uh, these interviews by asking you if there's anything I should have asked, if, you, if there's anything that you think people should know uh, about Diabolic or just the Blu-ray slash DVD industry in general. Like, what what is something I should have asked in my uh, infinite ignorance and failed to? You know, I I don't know. We We covered a lot of things, and... You know, we, we covered the crux of, of what Diabolic does. You know, the only thing that we didn't touch on is um, Cauldron Films, which is kind of, it's, it's Diabolic's sister company now where we've been licensing our own films and putting them out. We've only done four films so far, mm-hmm. but we have a slate of at least another 10 coming out probably over the next year. What are the, what are the four that you've done and what do you have, what do you have coming up? Let's tell, let's tell the folks. Well, the, the four that we've done are uh, Abracadabra, which is a newer movie that's made to look like a 70s Italian horror movie, which is a lot of fun. We've got um, American Rickshaw, which is a terrific movie uh, in that it was shot by Italians in Miami in the late 80s, and it just feels like Somebody told Sergio Martino, hey, you know you can go to Miami and shoot a movie and get all kinds of tax breaks and have a vacation at the same time. (laughs) 
And that is what it feels like. He got, somehow he got Donald Pleasance in the movie. He got Daniel Green, who is just great as kind of the heavy in the movie, who I never realized was the love interest in Elvira. Until I I was watching this movie as we were getting it ready to put out. I was like, hey, that's the guy from Elvira. Yeah. But but the best part of that movie is it stars um, Mitch Gaylord, who is um, American gold medalist gymnast. And I reached out to him and said, hey, Mitch, let's talk about this movie. And he said, I, I wish you a lot of luck, but I don't ever want to talk about that movie. <laughs> oh, and we, that's too bad. It's it's too bad. I, it's funny. I, I actually, uh, a friend of mine loaned that to me uh, not long ago, a couple months ago. Uh, and it's it's really interesting and, and kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, but definitely like worth checking out if you have, you know, a couple hours to kill for sure. Oh, and it's, it's such a charming movie in that it's total junk food and you know, kind of throws everything at the wall and says, eh, it doesn't really matter if it all sticks. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last two things that we put out, uh, which are actually currently sold out, uh, cause we, we did like a limited run. Um, and the limited run came with a fancy slip cover and sure. some lobby cards. You know, we're, we've always felt that, um, to keep people buying physical media, there's got to be a reason you want something physical, not just the disc, but, you know, a nice little package. So we've been doing these limited runs, and then there's going to be a regular version later in the year. Um, but the, the latest two movies were Beyond Terror, which is a Spanish horror movie that had never had an English language release. We, we had found that it had played in theaters in the U S but only in Spanish speaking markets. Hmm. So it played in Miami and New York, but they were unsubtitled Spanish language prints. And then the other thing um, was a movie called crimes of the black cat, which was made in the early seventies and, um, kind of in the in the wave of Argento's Bird with the Crystal Plumage, hence Crimes of a Black Cat. So, yeah. you know, kind of cashing in on not only the name, but the whole style that Argento created there with, and I'm not saying he made the first, you know, Italian horror movie, but obviously kind of started a wave there that lasted all through the 70s and into the 80s. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and can you say what you have coming up? What, what's what's uh, what are what's a highlight? Just one one or one or two uh, highlights. Well, that you have you have coming. I up. I mean, honestly, we haven't we haven't shared anything else that we're doing yet because um, we we don't have a tight release schedule for one thing. But the other thing is, you once you put it out into the public that this is coming, then everyone wants to know when it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. As much as I'd love to share something, okay. yeah, we're right. we're we're, we're keeping I, I those co- cards close at hand. 
Okay, I understand that. That that's totally fine. Uh, well, Jesse, thank you very much uh, for being on the show. Uh, co-owner of Diabolic DVD and uh, Cauldron Films. Um, check out some of those uh, some of those movies he was just mentioning again. Rick, the the rickshaw uh, movie, an American rickshaw. American rickshaw, yeah. American rickshaw, American rickshaw, yeah. Uh, like I said, I've seen it. It's it's wild. It's interesting <laughs> uh, and worth worth checking out for sure. Um, uh, that is it for today on the Bulwark Coast of Hollywood. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. See you guys then. Mm-hmm.